You're listening to Fix Me a Drink, a Flaviar podcast. Welcome to another edition of Fix Me a Drink. I'm Noah Rothbaum, Flaviar's head of cocktails and spirits. Showing me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Weinrich. How are you, Dave? I'm good. Uh, you know, relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the perfect segue for today's show. I mean, you and I often talk a lot about fancy cocktails and spirits, expensive concoctions, uh, luxurious establishments near and far. Some of those you know, things are very good. <laughs> absolutely. You know, whether it's, you know, decadent, you know, whiskeys or fancy mm -hmm. champagnes. Or, we don't talk enough about champagnes, to be perfectly honest. For sure. So, you know, any growers out there who... Uh, you want to try to bribe us and send us right. cases of champagne? We will gladly consider consider that for sure. We we would love to enjoy more champagne, especially together. But today's show is a little bit of a departure from that. You know, it's sort of the other end of the spectrum of drinking. It's sort of the I'd say not the lowest common denominator, but I'd say a a common denominator it, in it, most it's, drinking it's cultures. Low to the ground. Low right, to the ground. Know, I mean. Just like with bars, you can't only drink in fancy cocktail bars. Absolutely. We've tried, and I can tell you it doesn't work. Yeah, you sometimes <laughs> sometimes you want a place with a jukebox. Exactly. And, of course, today we're talking about the humble shot in a beer or a beer in a shot or sometimes called the boiler maker or the cop shoot if you're dutch right i was gonna say one of these concoctions that appears all over the world in different forms different names and it's wonderful. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's simple. It's elegant. You know, it can be refined. It can be down and dirty. It can be, you know, everything in between. You know, it's a full meal, so to speak, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of drinks. Yes. It's got everything you need. Which is not to say that there is not an art to pairing a shot and a beer. You know what I mean? Especially now, you know, in New York, you go into a grocery store Mm -hmm. there's a crazy aisle of beer like it scares me right i mean just there's a lot of beer out there box after box you know yeah. of, of yeah. different beers all have incredible labels and fanciful names um no idea what they taste like sometimes it all says ipa no matter what it tastes like whether it has grapefruit juice or you know milk it's an ipa if if you work hard enough you can find a little variety in there i mean it's a lot harder than it was right like you know 20 25 years ago you wanted a shot and a beer weren't that many choices for either end of that i mean you could find there were a lot there were like specialty imported beer stores right. which have all kind of died that's true. you know there was yeah. a, like there was a place here in new york city on uh West Broadway, just above Canal, that had like 165 different imported beers. Right. You know, and that I, was yes. what they always advertised. I think that was the number. It was something like that. I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah. It was it was a big thing. It was like we have more than a hundred beers here. Like, exactly. You know. you know, most of them were old and you know, kind of musty, and uh, they, right. they hadn't they, they weren't exactly flying off the shelves. But most they had of them, one so. can of each one. You know, it was like you know, like oh, you want that one? Okay. But you could get a lot. You know, uh, the 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 American beer industry has stepped in and, and uh, said, hey, wait a minute. You know, we can make beer too, and yeah. you don't need all this fancy imported stuff. Yeah, and, and on the spirit size, definitely, whether it's... Oh, so much more variety. I mean, if you wanted whiskey, most bars, there's a very small selection. Now, obviously, there's a wall of whiskey that you can choose from. 
Although, you know, I was reading uh, one of Bob Dylan's autobiographies, Chronicle, right, uh, the other day. And it's true. We've got a lot more variety, especially than they had in like 1961 when he was a Greenwich Village folky. But I don't think in terms of quality or uh, the experience, you could top the times that he and Dave Van Ronk you know, the great guitar player and folk singer used to sit in between sets at the uh, at, at the beatnik bar downstairs. They'd sit at the kettle of fish, the Greenwich Village dive bar, oh, drinking yeah. a cold Paps Blue Ribbon with shots of wild turkey. Still sounds good to me. It still um, sounds good to me. So there is that. It's also funny because I think Dave Ronkonk's other, you know, home was what, Cafe Wa, right? Yeah, and, exactly. And that's, and that's now... The cocktail bar the up and up right so it's yeah. it's sort of come full circle from well that was the, the kettle of fish oh was that kelvish was upstairs that's hilarious so yeah sort of so, come full circle that you know yeah. it went from pbr and wild turkey to now whatever i mean i i think the up and up should have a uh a dylan van rock special you know on the menu <laughs> In a I love little it. corner where you could sit and like hash out the world and while while drinking these things. But but yeah, so we, we do have a lot of variety, but the pairings tend to be often pretty unimaginative with exceptions. Right. I think that's fair. Some bars have done like boilermaker menus where they'll, they'll go pretty wide with the pairings. I, I think that's great. There are a couple rules of thumb in this. I think Rule number one is you don't want a big pint of beer. It's got to be half size because otherwise you've got uh, a disproportion, too much beer to the spirit, or you got to pour the spirit so big yeah. that you'll have one of these things and you'll be falling on the floor. <laughs> it definitely has to be in proportion. And I think that's often lost. That's like a key. It's kind of like yeah. the Irish coffee where it, it, it's got to be the amount of whiskey to the coffee has to be in proportion. Usually people pour with too heavy a hand and the same thing with a shot and a beer. Yeah, you're, you're better off with small, going small on, uh, you know, like an ounce, an ounce and a half of spirits is plenty. And like six ounces of beer is great. And at those proportions, the beer stays nice and cold throughout and carbonated. Nothing worse than like half of a very large beer that's now room temperature. And, and you've already drunk all the spirits that are there to give Ice, you know, and uh, and then you're like, you used to taste it better a few minutes ago. I think that that's a very good point. That it, whatever the beer is, it's got to be like a like a half pint or or a canny. Even I love the Miller High Life ponies. I don't know how many ounces are in one of those. Well, they're about like seven ounces tops. And if you need another one, you can get another one. And that goes with like a small shot of booze exactly if you've got like an ounce right and you can sip your, your your little bit of whiskey and drink your little bit of beer and uh they'll they'll walk hand in hand down you know down the path there and you'll be you'll be uh, that, that's it's a very pleasant experience and i think i learned this from you like the the term the boilermaker right it was the the boilermaker and his helper right you know and i kind of that was what it originally was exactly and I, could, I see them in my mind like the tin man in a smaller version yeah. of the tin man now walking together holding you know like a toolbox as the boilermaker and his friend and that's well it's like when you get a uh, a plumber to come in, right? And right. as a homeowner, uh, I could speak from, from a great deal <laughs> oh. of experience on this. 
And, you know, the master plumber comes in and he's always got somebody whose job is to go back to the truck and get the pipes. Exactly. And, you know, and to bang here and, and, and do all do all the stuff that you don't need 30 years experience plumbing to do. Exactly. And, and so, you know, that's the beer's job. Spirits is in the driver's seat in this pairing. Yeah. You always got to remember that the spirit is the boiler maker and the beer is his helper. And I think that's a great point, too, because sometimes as as we've tried to elevate the beer in a shot or a boiler maker, sometimes the beer people have gone very, very interesting beer flavors and full flavors that I feel like that's the structure that the spirit you know, is held up by. You're already sort of adding what the spirit is there to add. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. If you get these extremely complicated, very highly hopped beers, they're not inviting the spirit in really. You, you you want something a little a little it doesn't have to be lighter, but it may be just a little less intense. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. With a lot of pairings, right? You know, it's you know, you're you're trying to get that differentiation, right? So you have one sip of the exactly. spirit, and then you want something that's mm-hmm. different, right? And the, the beer is there, you know, to cool you off, right? To 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 cut the sting of the spirit. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, some of the best pairings I've had is, uh, you know, sitting at, at a terrace in in Brazil, uh, enjoying a uh, a huge feijoada completa. You know, the massive. Uh, beans and all kinds of meat and all kinds of other stuff, the 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 national dish there, with a little garotinho as they call it, a beer, a little pony of beer, ice ice, ice cold, right. not very interesting beer, and, and uh, a shot of cachaça. Yeah, and the cachaça, you know, is more interesting in Brazil. You can get ones that are truly excellent, distilled from fresh sugarcane juice mm. in pot stills, you know, single distillation. They've got lots of flavor. Yeah. So, uh, and it's all very kind of fresh and and grassy and, and sugarcane-y. Yeah. You don't want something too overpowering. You want to get the subtlety of that, but at the same time, you want something cold right. and crisp to, to kind of put it to bed. And and uh, you don't really need the most the most complex beer there. The complexity is coming from the spirit. You know, it's almost like any culture that makes beer and and spirits, there is some kind of combination of of a shot and a beer. Oh, that that's definitely true. You know, once you, especially if they make spirits out of grain, right? I mean, there's an obvious connection, right? I mean, that especially making, I mean, most beers, but especially whiskey, you you have to make beer. If you're going to make whiskey, exactly. right? Yeah. So, like the spiller, it's not hopped. It's you know, um, but it's still beer. It, it's still beer, and I think some of the best distillers are ones that truly understand the beer part of the equation, right? A lot of people just sort of skip over the, or not skip over, but skip through the fermentation. Mm-hmm. You know, get the job done, get the distiller's beer, and then they distill that, obviously, to raise the proof in the still, but. The ones, you know, the best distillers are the ones who really understand fermentation and can draw out flavors before the still. The ones who even really love it, you know, who, who kind yeah. of obsess about it. And and I mean, I, I, I'm going to just whisper under my breath, Todd Leopold here. Uh, right, exactly. Because, uh, I, I, mean, we're, I think we're both thinking about Todd here. Yeah, Todd, Todd is... is 
of being a master at that. But I, I remember talking fermentation wood years ago with Jerry Dalton, the uh, master distiller at Jim Beam at the time, a very interesting man, a, a descendant of the Dalton gang, and also a, a PhD in philosophy, uh, who, who uh, used to write me emails in Latin. So, uh, you know, he, he he could play a good old boy, but but that man truly was interested in fermentation. And I think he's he's in the class this year's class of the Bourbon Hall of Fame. So he'll he'll be inducted in September Fantastic. for his his contribution. So uh, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I, again, I think you probably a lot of the members of the Bourbon Hall of Fame are folks like Jerry, who who truly understood the importance of the yeast grain like the still is wonderful in the barrel at, at at concentrating flavors and making those you know uh drawing those out to their full potential but they start they start in the fermentation i mean that's the i mean that's that's the secret or the not so secret you can you can play on this you know with uh with your with your spirit and beer pairings also i mean uh what's one of the reasons that uh in Scotland and Ireland, these pairings are super common. That's an extremely yeah. common way of drinking uh, both the whiskey and the beer. You know, is 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 you get uh, a one and one, uh, a little shot of uh, their shots are usually little, a little bigger in Scotland than in England and and in Ireland, but uh, that kind of figures. Uh, but uh, you get a little shot of of the whiskey, and you get. Uh, a half of a half pint of of the barley ale to go with the barley whiskey and mm. and you know it's it's uh they they're very harmonious we had on an earlier episode of fix me a drink uh craig johnstone the master blender from famous grouse and he was talking about of course their their signature drink in scotland the low flyer exactly. right which is famous grouse and a, and a half pint of beer and yes, scotch ale pre preferably which is you know, a particularly rich and creamy type of ale, and Perfect. Uh, it goes oh. so well together. Those those are those are lovely pairings. You could do that, but you can also, you know, rum is a great thing to pair with beers too. Oh yeah, and, uh, that's true you, too. And so is, of course, tequila. You know, like like <laughs> so you get an ice cold yeah. can of Tecate and uh, and, and yeah. a shot of a, of a, of a good tequila of a you know. Oh. Fortaleza, something like that, and uh, you you're doing very well. Mezcal, tequila, I think it works beautifully. It I mean, there's a whole that also taps into the whole kind of uh, section of, of of Mexican bar culture with you know carbonated beverages, you know, and mixing with tequila. Which Obviously, the batanga is you know with the Coca Cola, tequila, lime juice, and then salted rim, sometimes salt in. I think that's that's one of one of a huge family of drinks down there, you know? <laughs> which is a sister of the or brother of the the beer in a shot, yeah. obviously. So yeah. uh, going back to the rum, I assume dark rum, light rum, what would you if it's something like like the 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 white overproofs, you know, from Jamaica, things like that, yeah, then you might you might as well just use ginger beer and and pour pour them together and you'll yeah. you'll do very well. If you've got like a good aged rum and a good funky one, you know you've got two kinds of of, of beer. And certainly in the in the former British West Indies, you've got the light, uh, you know, kind of easy drinking, 
beer that's meant to be drunk super ice cold. Things like yeah. uh, Carib in, Red uh, and, and Red Stripe, you know, Carib in Trinidad. Yeah. And th- those beers on, the, on their own really have very little flavor. But, you know, they're cold and refreshing. Nothing tastes better on a beach, yeah, I'll tell you that. True. Right? <laughs> it's true. But, they, well, they taste a lot better if you've got a little rum on the side. That's you know, that brings the flavor. <laughs> That's where the flavor is. And then and then the refreshing comes from uh, from the ice-cold beer. But there's also, uh, in the British Caribbean, they love stout. And so you can get a really good, funky Jamaican rum and uh, like a, a pot still rum something heavy with a lot of flavor and pair it with uh, with a dragon stout or or you know a guinness the dragon stout's local uh down there and uh and uh that'll work out just great well it's an interesting thing too where sometimes these combinations it's, it's greater than the sum of their parts it's, it's true it's true because uh, i mean partly the the beer is a great palate cleanser in fact uh, mm. When doing spirits tastings, like, like uh, judging spirits competitions, at the yeah. end of a long day when you've tasted dozens and dozens of spirits, one of the ways to refresh your palate is to get some cold beer in. And then you just, yeah. you know, you rinse your mouth out and the bubbles, the carbonation, the lack of sweetness is important so it doesn't stay in your in, in your in your mouth. But it, it it's a way of resetting your palate so that if you're drinking that and a, a if you're drinking one of these combinations, every sip of beer is kind of setting your palate again. So then you go right. back and sip again uh, the spirit and you get a, a, a separate take on it. You know, you're, yeah. it's like you're tasting it anew. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you've got something really good. You know, that's where like a beer and a shot, it can go from Wild Turkey 101 and a PBR or Miller High Life to, you know, something that's way more complex. You know, you know, and and a beer that has, you know, a little bit more, you know, like the cream ale, right? And and a scotch, yeah, you know, that's or, fantastic. You know, a reposado tequila or mezcal with Mexican beer that has a little bit of flavor. It's you know, along with all those really wild, uh, creative IPAs and sour ales and hazy this is and that's that that the modern American ah. beer industry is is thrown up in such such numbers they also have kind of returned to lager and pilsner uh yeah. as a as a minor substrain but but it, yeah. those things used to be very unfashionable and now you see a lot more dis, uh breweries they, i yeah. think partly because now they've got the technical chops to make them those are very hard to make yeah. you know and and you for small uh, breweries that are that are just starting out it's it's easier to make an ipa or or an english style yeah. ale than to make one of these technically you know the german style beers and the czech style beers are very technical and, and uh but you you get those now uh and uh some of them are very crisp you know they've got they're very well made and and uh or you can you know get german beer which is most all very well made I would argue that our old friend Garrett Oliver is perhaps one of the people behind this trend with his, you know, the lager that the Brooklyn Brewery makes has been so successful and so widely available now Absolutely. in New York, but also around the country. And that Garrett's success with that has has opened 
a new generation or has led to a new generation of, of loggers being made by, you know, breweries all over. So uh, I, I applaud as somebody who very bitter beers are not my favorite. <laughs> so uh, Pilsner's loggers, he made one um, years ago for, uh, oh, the guy, the LCD sound system guy. Uh, uh, James Murphy. As a restaurant in New York, a special pilsner that we we the three of us had together, and that is one fantastic beer. One fantastic beer. beer, exactly. Worth going to that to that restaurant. I think it's the Four Horsemen mm-hmm. just to get that beer and ordering a shot. <laughs> he also makes a very nice uh, session uh, session beer, the session pilsner that's uh, low alcohol, so you can you know drink a lot of it, light, crisp. Uh, refreshing and it's a great thing for pairing with whiskey uh yeah. and you know yeah. really great with preparing with lots of things but particularly good with whiskey yeah. it's a it's a classic whiskey beer new york it's it's i don't know 90 degrees this week i think it is hot i you have you have inspired me dave to uh go out and restock my beer selection in the in, in my house and uh Pull something off the shelf here and and pair it uh, pair it with that uh, shot and a beer. I think are in order for both of us today. So I think we've earned it, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. This is terribly hard work. We need to call in a house call for the for the boiler maker and his assistant. That's right. So right. Uh, that's right. There's some plumbing that needs work. <laughs> we'll see them soon. On that note, cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fix Me a Drink. Dave and I encourage you to always drink responsibly. Cheers.